We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Hello and welcome in to today's episode of KCS and Update, your daily Chiefs video and podcast from here at us here at KC Sports Network. We're glad you joined us and glad we're, you made us one of just many places that you're going around and getting good Chiefs content for this incredible matchup coming up with the Chiefs and the Bengals. Going to be a doozy, going to be a barn burner. Uh, 325 on Sunday, one of the better time slots out there. It's that afternoon prime time. Excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to my conversation with Matt Lane of the KC Laboratory and obviously of us here at KC Sports Network. I'm super excited for this conversation. Maddie knows a lot about ball, so we get into it right off the jump to talk about the, the Chiefs. We get into it to talk about uh, the Bengals as well and kind of what schemes that they're going to be looking to run in against the Chiefs. It's an interesting matchup. So uh, before I get into that conversation, you know I have to tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their incredible deals that they've got going on. And that's the spot that I like to go and that I my go-to when betting on NFL this holiday season. They've got the same game parlays, the easy and fast playouts, and player prop options that are unbeatable. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. I love the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's one of the best apps to use. Look, if you're listening, at, looking at lines here, Kansas City Chiefs point-and-a-half favorite over the Cincinnati Bengals odds for the team touchdowns for the Kansas City Chiefs over three and a half plus 130. Go ahead and hammer that. You can call that a tux lock. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN and place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, here it, to talk some Chiefs Bengals with me is Maddie Lane. Maddie, 
How are you doing today? Buddy, I, I'm happy to be here, first of all. Thank you, thank you for having me on for this one. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel I feel odd about this game. This game this game's oh. an odd one to me right now. I, I don't have strong feelings other than very odd football game. And I think you alluded to it during that great DraftKings read. Uh, this trash talk that has kicked off. Hmm. Don't know what to do about this. Yeah, the vibes are certainly uh, off. I, I don't. They're not quite right for this game, which makes me a little bit nervous heading into such a big matchup. As we all know, this one was circled from the beginning of the season. Going into Cincinnati, especially, was a big one uh, in the in this matchup. But now it's here. The Chiefs have been playing well, um, and Maddie, you are here to talk about some some five storylines five things to watch for heading into this game it's not quite a game preview if you want a game preview you can watch casey laboratory uh tonight thursday night on uh, wherever you're watching this show right now if you're watching this on youtube it's live on facebook twitch twitter uh 8 p.m central standard time you can find that with matt lane uh, they got Craig Stout. You got Hollywood Kent Swanson as well. So you, they will have an in-depth game preview here. We're talking about some five storylines uh, to watch in this in this big matchup. So, Maddie, why don't you start us off with with the first kind of storyline, the first thing that you're watching for? So, I'm just I guess the first thing is just like how much does this game matter? And I think you're prepared to kind of talk about the standings and what this means for the actual football teams moving forward. But for me, I think it's more emotionally. It's more where is the psyche of the team at? Like we've seen it yeah. today. Justin Reed, or yesterday, I guess, and you're listening to this, Justin Reed is out here talking trash. And I don't think he meant to. I don't think that was his plan when this interview kicks off. But there's definitely a little bit of shade thrown in there. And then it you know continues on Twitter. And if you just kind of read between the lines, you start parsing things out. The, the Chiefs team seems like they have a definite chip on their shoulder about the way the two Bengals games went last year, as they should. And that's absolutely fine. I just, when I said this game is odd, I wonder if the Chiefs haven't put too much pressure on themselves to win this game as like this, treating this game as a pseudo Super Bowl. Like that's, that's what I'm afraid of right now is the chiefs are coming into this game, seeing it entirely as a must win, not from a standings perspective, but from a, we need to get our mojo back versus this team. Our ego can't handle not winning this game. And it almost feels like they've just gone too far to me. So I and Andy Reed addressed that directly in his press conference. He directly said that, you know, you can't get too hyped up and then not be able to execute I wonder if he also is sensing some of this team being a little on edge because of this game being a little too overamped for it. And it's just, it's leading to a lot of odd feelings coming in. What's really interesting too, is it seems like after the game was over, the questions even, you know, from reporters, what they were talking about at the podium post game, a lot of it was moving on to Cincinnati and, and, and getting on to Cincinnati, which you don't see a whole lot in a post game press conference which then leads to some some weird feelings of like, okay, these guys, this game, this game does obviously mean a lot to the people in this locker room, and that's not not a surprise there. They ended the Chiefs season last year, but I'm with you, Matty. It kind of feels a little bit like you don't want to put too much pressure on this game. It is a regular season game after all, but you're getting kind of late into the nitty gritty. Uh, this is you know, the every one of these last few games here matter, and if you look at the Chiefs schedule the back half of their schedule is not the hardest in the world. They got to play the Broncos twice. They got to play the Raiders. That's three games that should be wins uh, should pencil those in as wins. But the toughest game after this is 
the Seahawks, which like the Seahawks were looking good at one point, but like then they just kind of everything evened out for the Seahawks. So this is probably the last huge test that they have before facing uh, before going into the playoffs. This This is the last playoff team that they'll face before before those tests. And this is something that it comes up in college football a lot when you go play a rivalry game or you go play a team that is considered, I mean, whether it's better than you or just expected to win and they end up, or that team lose, loses, right? You can't let a game beat you twice. You can't let one team beat you twice in a year. Now, the NFL, you technically do play divisional opponents twice in a year, so that's common. It commonly happens. But you can't. the Chiefs can't let the Bengals beat them twice. If they beat them once... It stinks. It's it's a loss. It's a, versus a loss versus an opponent that you really, really want to beat. You lose the game advantage you have, or I guess the half a game kind of advantage you have on the Bills if they continue to win, right? So that all stinks, but you can't let that lead into another loss. And that is right. my one fear of this game is the Chiefs might have so many eggs in this basket right now just basing on the way you just see some interactions, the way these pressers are coming. It's something the Chiefs have talked about, Chiefs players have talked about over and over with how the second half of that Cincinnati Bengals playoff game went and how they let it happen twice and all this stuff. If this game plays out that same way again, it's going to be hard to see them rebound immediately and have to go play a divisional game next week. Even though the Broncos aren't good, they have a divisional game to follow. You can't let this game beat you twice or multiple times as you kind of get down on yourself. So they just... I'm glad the Chiefs were wanting to win. I'm glad that they are coming with a chip on their shoulder. We've seen that work really well versus the Buccaneers earlier this season. Mm-hmm. It was great. Team came out firing really good. But this, they seem more charged up for this one. They seem more amped. They seem more ready for this game. And I wonder if it's just too much. And I wonder if it comes out and maybe they're a little over aggressive. I wonder if it comes out and if they can't get it, if they're not executing perfectly, if they get in their own head. So it's just, it's something that's on my radar right now that this game might matter a little too much to them uh, emotionally moving forward for the rest of the season. I do want to give a standings check too, because Maddie, one side of the coin is, does it, how much does it matter on that side? In the standing side of things, too, uh, the Chiefs do have a grip on that one seed right now. Obviously, would help them. Uh, the Bengals are at seven and four. Chiefs at nine and two. They have the best record in the uh, AFC right now. But when you're even looking at the at the division uh, for like the Bengals, the Bengals are in a divisional race. So this game does mean a lot to them. Uh, with the, they're tied with the uh, with the Baltimore Ravens right now. I, I can't remember what there was in their first meeting. I think the Ravens do have the tiebreaker over them, uh, but uh, this team, uh, the Chiefs, they've got their division all but locked up, essentially all but officially. Um, so I'm curious to see, you know, kind of what that means, the standings wise and everything. If if that if the the Bengals aren't going to want to get beat. Obviously, they're hosting the Chiefs. They're hosting they they are the top dogs of the AFC, and they're hosting their number one contender. Uh, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see uh, ramification wise in terms of the playoff picture. There's still a lot of football left, right? There's still still a lot of football left to to start looking at at playoff picture and everything like that. But this is a time, as I mentioned at the top of the show, like this is the time where you start to kind of. This is this is where we, the football teams separate from each other here. Well, the Bengals have—I mean, the Bengals have a tough schedule after this too. So, yeah. if you're looking at it purely from standings perspective, let's say the Bengals beat the Chiefs. One, they're still not tied, so like that tiebreaker doesn't come into a factor as of yet. And the Bengals still have to play the Browns, who have beat them what the last three times they've played. Then they have to play the Buccaneers, who aren't a great team, but they can win that game. 
maybe a game off with the Patriots and they finish with the Bills and the Ravens. Like there's a lot of potential losses there for the Bengals. So if anything, the game should mean more to them. They're farther back in the standings. They're the team that still technically is fighting for a playoff spot. Like they're not anywhere close to secure. The Chiefs are. It's just, it just seems like you get the vibes. The Chiefs are a little bit more focused on this game. I'm not going to say like locked into it. I mean, they've been thinking about this game all off season. And there's times where that's good. There's just times where that maybe isn't the best. We make fun of fans and teams for treating the Chiefs like they're Super Bowl. Like we do. Everybody, mm. Every team gets healthy when they play the Chiefs. Every team throws the kitchen sink at the Chiefs. It seems like the Chiefs are trying to do that right now versus the Bengals. And that's giving a lot of respect to the best team in the AFC last year. But you just don't want that to impact your play on the field. And I just, I'm afraid that we are, we're trending that direction. And that brings up number two pretty good, Matty, uh, because we're going to talk about who is playing in this game. As we do usually talk about, it seems like every team does get healthy for the Chiefs, and the Bengals are going to be no exception. They're probably going to get Joe Mixon back. They're probably going to have Jamar Chase back. Jamar Chase talking trash on Twitter right back to uh, Justin Reed. So it would be kind of odd, right, if he was talking all that trash and didn't play. In this game, I think that it's anticipated that both of those guys uh, will play. Looking at the uh, injury report, Jamar Chase was limited. Joe Mixon also limited on their Wednesday practice. Uh, they're probably going to have those guys back. Um, Layal Collins did not participate. It was just a rest day for him, as well as DJ Reader was limited. And Josh Tuopu was a full participant. So uh, they're not going to they're going to have a pretty healthy squad coming into this game. Yeah, the, the Bengals should be healthy for this. And they're get this is when Chase was targeting to come back. I think he kind of had a whole little story that was reported on today that this is kind of his goal. Like this whole time, this was his goal. We're here, he's playing. We all knew he was gonna play. Joe Mixon, you know, coming back, that's big for them. DJ Reader was back last week, played really good. He seems like he's still gonna be ready to play. So like Bengals healthy. On the flip side, the Chiefs aren't faced with a ton of injuries. Um, Juju Smith Schuster still mispracticed uh with an illness. Not a lot has been explained there. I don't think as of now, I'm assuming there's any risk of missing this game. Um, so I, we think we're probably good there. Kadarius Tony, Jarek McKinnon, both didn't participate in practice because of a hamstring injury. And hamstrings can linger a little bit. Uh, I would not be shocked to see Kadarius Tony miss this game. And when you put that along with McCole Hardman, who's not there, we've seen the Chiefs, especially in the red zone, that's been a little bit of an issue for them. So I think that one's worth monitoring. And it only gets worse if Jarek McKinnon also can't play. I mean, I don't know if we are even close to him not being able to play in this one, but he's important to what the Chiefs do. His ability as a pass protector and the Chiefs' second running back matters a lot. So the Chiefs are definitely the less healthy team of the two, and especially when you start looking at the guys that might not actually be able to make it on the field. So we have to wait another day or two to figure it out. But I think those two guys in particular, Tony and McKinnon, are going to – could play a big role whether they're there or not there for how this Chiefs offense might be able to execute against a Bengals defense that's playing better as of late. Absolutely. make kind of makes the Melvin Ingram signing because uh, I don't think after the game we knew that Jarek McKinnon had an injury. Andy Reid reported that everyone came through fine besides Dion Bush who had an elbow who was a limited on Wednesday. I anticipate Dion Bush, you know, to to play they've got a lot of guys on this injury report but a lot of them were full participants on friday including trey smith joe tooney brian cook carlos dunlap lucas niang legerious need juan thornhill mvs jalen watson justin watson um they got a lot of guys on the injury report um 
it's, it'll be interesting to see, especially in that running back room, if uh, Jarek McKinnon doesn't play, because then you're real thin when you start to talk, talk about that. You, you're down to Pacheco and uh, Ronald Jones on the active roster, and then you got to say, okay, is it even worth bringing up Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Gordon. Gordon, got, you're right. I got you my brain it. mixed up there because I saw something about Melvin Ingram getting a sack, and he has five sacks on the year. So shout out Melvin Gordon. Hey, Ingram. Oh, my gosh. Uh, either way, uh, is it worth throwing Melvin out there when he's only here for, like, a, a, a hot second? I mean, if, let's just say, if Jarek McKinnon can't, can't play, then yeah, it's absolutely worth it. You're going to want to elevate somebody from the practice squad. Running back is simple enough that you can bring a veteran in on just a week's worth of play. Now, maybe the Chiefs don't feel comfortable. Maybe the Chiefs are going to go with um, who uh, Wayne Goldman, who's been on the practice squad for a little mm-hmm. while now. Maybe he's got a better gra- grasp on the playbook and they feel more comfortable with him out there. If that is what happens, I would say that they are very worried about their pass protection without Jarek McKinnon. Not that Wayne Goldman is better than Melvin Gordon in pass protection. It's just, he would have been more time, more familiar with the playbook. So if they go that route, I would say that's what they're thinking. But if McKinnon can't go, I think you get both. I do wonder and hope it's Andy Reid. He likes to be kind of coy with stuff. I'm hoping hamstring for McKinnon is just a rest day for a veteran running back who isn't another. I do actually think he was on the injury report at one point in time in the middle of last week too. I don't know what for, but I do think he was either limited or didn't practice one day. So Hopefully a running back that's had his fair share of injuries like McKinnon has is just getting a rest day. Cause I, I think he might even matter more than Tony for this one. And I mm. do think the chiefs would like to have Kadarius Tony, obviously, especially cause they don't have Hardman, but I think McKinnon might even be a little bit more important with just what he allows them to do in their pass protection calls. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Fall Guy, only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the pass mm. protection, the, the passing game in general, because the last time these two teams played, it, it seemed like they had a cheat code. It seemed like that the Cincinnati Bengals had a cheat code on this team. Uh, now it's different, a little bit different of an offense. 
And Maddie, I know you want to talk about what kind of coverage the, the Bengals could play. So I think we all remember it, right? In the in the AFC Championship game in the second half, when the Chiefs were kind of imploding, the Bengals started dropping eight into coverage. They essentially no. decided, like, hey, it's kind of useless if you get pressure on Mahomes and then he can just scramble away or he can make the proper read and immediately get it to his you know preferred target or the best target on that particular play right and so this is something that the Bengals adjusted to in the second half of the playoff game and they had a ton of success rushing three they actually they started the kind of spy that was inserting late but they were doing it with a defensive lineman not a linebacker um and it had a lot of success they were mostly just waiting for Mahomes to try to escape to his right and then they would have Sam Hubbard I think it was most of the time would come looping over and try to corral him then we saw the Buffalo Bills and their game with the Chiefs this year employ that same kind of strategy. The only difference was they said, we're just going to, we're going to do it with the linebacker. Like it's cool that Sam Hubbard was able to corral Mahomes, but we've seen him, you know, juke out Von Miller in the open field. We're not going to trust our defensive end with this. We're going to have our best athlete or our best linebacker, Matt Milano, all of a sudden be a QB spy that's just inserting late after we drop eight guys into coverage. If he tries, if Mahomes tries to scramble, we'll corral him with this linebacker. And it worked pretty well for the Bills. It worked really well for the Bengals. Like it's going to be huge. What kind of answer do the Chiefs have if that comes up again? I don't think this is the same offense that we saw last year. I do think they will have changes. I think you even saw the 49ers didn't technically do it, but a, they had a stunt or a blitz that played out similar to that. And it seemed like the Chiefs had a pretty good idea on how to pick it up using McKinnon to pick up the guy that would be filling over the top rather than releasing into a route. They had an answer. So I just wonder if we see the same thing again and what the Chiefs have to counter with it because it wasn't pretty last year. Right. Uh, I'm curious to see that as well, especially with this Chiefs offense. And when you're talking about dropping that many guys out, I think it's pretty natural to start talking about, okay, if they're not going to keep that many guys in, then just run the ball a little bit, you know? Put your put your nose down, put your head down, run the ball a little bit. We'll see if um, Andy Reid will do that. Probably not. I've learned uh, in the short time covering the Kansas City Chiefs, you should not uh, hold your breath when it comes to Andy Reid running the ball. But we won't. We're not going to talk about that now. We'll talk about that in a little bit um, because I do think it's very interesting the coverages and and Maddie, you and I were talking before we started the the show about you know because I, I was trying to think it's just different different offense the Chiefs ran into this against the Bills but like I haven't seen it a whole lot since uh the Buffalo Bills I don't know if it's something that the Chiefs are doing that makes it that makes uh teams say yeah we don't want to run this anymore or, or kind of what's it, what's what's it been I don't know if you've seen anything I, I do think that the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes the Chiefs have done a good job of playing from within the pocket this year so I think that has helped I think they have they have different personnel this year, right? They are as they don't have to hit deep shots to get explosive plays. The Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL with explosive plays, but they're still not launching deep balls left and right. They are getting these on corner routes. They're getting them getting the ball in space with room to run. Last year, the Chiefs were one of the last teams in terms of explosive plays. They just weren't turning them out. And when you were dropping eight, forcing everything underneath, that kind of played, the Chiefs played right into that coverage. This year, I do, they seem to have more answers for that particular question. And then I, I think, like I said at the beginning, Mahomes is playing in the pocket a lot better. He's not scrambling as soon as he sees, oh, my first read, two, three reads are covered or whatever it is. That's this 
concept isn't going to work, I don't have to scramble. I can sit here in the pocket and let things play out and see where it goes from here. That said, I don't know why we haven't seen more of it. The Bills had a lot of success with it. I mean, they, they ran it on 36% of their snaps against the Chiefs. It's a lot. And they had success doing so. The Bengals had success doing so. I don't know why we haven't seen a lot more of it. I do know the Chiefs are, they've dropped some of the over routes. They've dropped the way they do things. But I do think that you're going to see it. I do think the Bengals will bring it out. One big change that the Chiefs have incorporated this year, they've done a lot of four-by-one stuff. So they'll get four receivers to one side, three receivers and a running back. will all be to one side of the formation. Now, I think this is more of a counter to, you know, cover six when teams are trying to play, you know, full field coverage and they're just poaching from the backside, but they're playing cover two to one side, cover three to another. The Chiefs are going four receivers into one side of the formation, usually the cover two side. And that means all of a sudden it's a one-on-one matchup for everybody. Every defender has exactly one receiver. They can't double team anybody. I think the Chiefs are finding success with that. If you're an opponent and you want to only rush three and throw an extra linebacker or a defensive end out of that coverage, it's not mattering. You're not, they aren't going to make a huge difference when you're dealing with four receivers to one side of the field. I wonder if that's one of the answers that they might have in their back pocket and why teams have been less likely to do it seeing that the Chiefs do have that ready to go. They'll run it four, five, six times a game. That's that's all I can come up with why more teams haven't tried it, though. I bet the Bengals do. Yeah, and in that case, are the Chiefs going to run the ball, Matty? We, we talked about the injuries a little bit. Isaiah Pacheco gotten some carries the last few weeks, getting a rhythm going. Is they kind of priming him for this game? What do you think? So the Chiefs last three games, I believe, have been all over 100 yards, uh, 155, 163, 117, all three games over 27 carries. Now, yes, some of that is going to be Patrick Mahomes scrambling. You, Yes, you have seen the Chargers specifically. Mahomes did scramble a lot in that game, but you still saw there was a little bit more of a commitment to the run game. And I actually wrote about it on the KCSN Substack, you know, kcsn.substack.com. You know, check it out. Go read it. And uh We talked about the Chiefs evolving run game, how the Chiefs are getting away from inside zone and RPO as their base for their run game and started to do a lot more gap scheme stuff, a lot more power stuff. And I think what's happening from that is you're getting not necessarily more big plays, not necessarily more success, but you are getting a consistent, more consistent yardage per play. You're not running the ball for two yards. You're getting four, five, six yards the majority of the time when they do it. And it's starting to wear on defenses and the Chiefs have just been a better running team the past few weeks since the bye week going this way. I don't think they are going to ever pound the rock, right? This is an Andy Reid team with Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to pound the rock, but if they get to 25, 26 carries, they're averaging four and a half yards per carry. Like they have in some of these games, like that's, that's going to matter a lot for a team trying to play coverage for a team that wants to sit and dime and drop eight guys into coverage. That's going to be tricky. Absolutely. And I've liked the way that Isaiah Pacheco's ran the ball. Um, and I've liked the way that the Chiefs have kind of uh, reinvented their run game in terms of the schemes that they run. Uh, you know, you guys have been clamoring for gap schemes and power runs, all ki- all all kinds of that stuff. For It feels like ever for you guys have been talking about that. It feels like it's been a very long time. Um, but it's good to kind of see that come to fruition in and look good and look good on the field. And Isaiah Pacheco is a good back to run that in just the way his running style is. Um, 
I've been really, I've been really excited with Ronald or Ronald Jones is another guy I was going to go to, but I've been really excited with Isaiah Pacheco. Curious to see what Ronald Jones will do. We saw him get, I believe only one touch and it was a catch um, that he had in last game. Maybe he could be used more as an offensive weapon as, as one of those guys that's like not on tape, right? Cause some of those things that are, are very good that you don't have any tape on this guy in this offense, you have one pa- caught pass and, um, I'm curious to see how they utilize him, maybe as a decoy, uh, especially if, you know, these guys aren't healthy like a Kadarius, Tony. Do they use more, you know, 13 personnel? We saw them do a lot of 13 personnel the week that they had uh, the wide receivers out. They used a lot of uh, Jody Fordson, Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey, obviously, and the ability that they have they have to do so many multiple looks. I thought this was a really good point by, I can't remember if it was Matt Castle or Matt Hamilton on the breakdown, Make sure to go watch that video. That's a very good uh, breakdown of kind of how good Patrick Mahomes has been, not only physically this year, but like mentally. His mental processing of defenses and being able to, you know, point things out, he's been incredible at. And they do a really good job of, at breaking that down. But one of the things I believe it was Matt Castle said is that there's one play where Jody Fortson's faking the jet sweep and they fake the little tunnel motion with Noah Gray in the middle and he goes out on a route. And then it's, I think it's the touchdown that Travis Kelsey had. This is the play it is. The formation, like you don't get that with other teams with their three tight end sets with their 13 personnel. That's what makes it so dangerous. That's what makes the Chiefs so good is that they don't have any tells with personnel. Usually in 13 personnel, you're looking to run the ball down downhill. Chiefs aren't going to do that. Listen, look at me, me out here hanging out with the mats because uh, I, I was talking about the same play and they focused on Noah Gray faking the tunnel and then going out. I was watching Fortson come across the formation on a jet motion and run a wheel route up the sideline as a tight end. Like, I, I, yeah, it's like that they put that all into one play, but I, I get what you're going with that. And it's just, that's funny that that place caught so much attention, not even for the result of it, but for what happened on the backside of the play. Cause that's something that's going to come back again. Um, oh, yeah. I also a good point to mention the tight ends. I think that's something else the chiefs can do to combat the drop eight coverage. You want to play 12 and 13 personnel, you're going to pull the Bengals into base and nickel personnel as well. You want to drop eight guys into coverage out of your base personnel. Are you going to have a a base defensive end and three linebackers as part of your coverage unit, trying to slow down a Kelsey, a gray, a Fortson and whatever receiver the chiefs put out there. Like the chiefs will happily take that. And then if you want to stick in nickel or a lighter nickel or even dime, the chiefs improving run game the past few weeks could really take advantage of that. So that could be another reason teams are struggling a bit more to get a play drop eight, you can't just go throw trot dime out there and drop eight coverage players into coverage against the Chiefs anymore because they are able to run the ball because they are using these bigger bodies. So maybe that could be another reason that the Chiefs can do it. I think against the Bengals, Jody Fortson only played 14 snaps, but I also think that was one of Travis Kelsey's lower snap counts game. Um, what did he end up with? Only 52, 78%. That seems on his lower end. So they might not have had a ton of 13 personnel going. Maybe that's something we see them break out versus the Bengals again to force them into base personnel a little bit more often. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Absolutely. Now let's flip to the other side of the ball, Maddie. Uh, Chiefs defense coming off a really good game against, now granted, against Bryce Perkins in a real banged up Rams offense. Still, anytime you limit an NFL team to under 200 yards of, of total offense, Good day at the office. Chris Jones looked really good. George Kloff just looked really good. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay looked incredible. Nick Bolton getting another interception, his second in as many games. Yeah, Legarius Sneed getting an interception. Big story, though, this Bengals offensive line, still not very good. Uh, they've gotten better in the recent weeks, still not very good. Will the Chiefs pass rush matter, Matty? It needs to. Um, so with the Bengals offense, right, we could go countless different ways and how they've gotten better this year, how you defend their vertical passing game. Like there's a lot of different stuff you could talk about there, but I think it boils down to this. The Bengals offensive line still is not good. It's still bad. And they have a quarterback, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in terms of avoiding sacks. Like Joe Burrow's very mobile. He can avoid pressure. Don't get me wrong. Just the way he holds the ball, the way he tries to fight for every last second he takes a lot of sacks that are on him and not his offensive line. His offensive line is also average to maybe slightly below average. So if there's one way to stop everything the Bengals do offensively, just get pressure. Go back and watch this Bengals offense try to operate against the Cleveland Browns earlier this year. They couldn't do anything because Miles Garrett specifically was in the backfield the whole time, but then the other Browns were getting pressure too because of how much attention had to go to Miles Garrett. If the Chiefs want to stop this Bengals offense, if they want to slow them down, because I love the Chiefs' young corners. I think the secondary is great. You're not stopping T. Higgins and Jamar Chase at the catch point for 60 minutes. It's not going to happen. If you actually want to stop them and slow them down and throw a wrench in things, pressure, pressure, and more pressure. The Bengals average giving up over three sacks a game. They're one of the worst five teams in terms of giving up sacks. Yes, the last few weeks, they've done a little bit better. That still means they're giving up about two sacks over the last three games, right? They are still not a good team in terms of pass protection. So they're one of the worst on the entire season. So make them pay. This can't be like that championship game, especially in the second half where Joe Burrow had all day to sit there and to wind up these YOLO balls. You have to get pressure, force the ball out a little bit earlier, make him work through progressions and test out, make him fire out passes before he's ready because he doesn't have the strongest arm. He will take sacks. There is one very clear way to disrupt everything the Bengals do, and it's to hit Joe Burrow and put him on his back a few times because then the game starts to get a little bit more out of control. Looking at some of the data we get uh, from our friend uh, Joseph Hefner, he writes uh, article for us on the KCSN uh, Daily Substack. Again, go check that out. That's a that's a free article going straight to your inbox if you want a free subscription. It's phenomenal. But uh, looking at some of the numbers, he produces these graphics for us about teams versus the Blitz, uh, the Chiefs offense versus the Blitz, the other team versus the Blitz, and kind of vice versa, how the defenses perform. The Bengals don't see a lot of Blitzes. It looks like league, league lows in every single down. And on third down, they have .38 EPA per play, uh, Blitz EPA per play. Um, so it's very interesting. That's the only down that they have a positive EPA per play. I was on third down. 
Um, so facing blitzes a very low amount of time. I'm curious to see if Spagnuolo is going to try to blitz a little bit or if he is going to show and he's going to try to make the communication, which is, uh, you know, what, what Brett Coleman said on yesterday's episode. The communication was such a big thing for um, this Bengals offensive line. That's kind of where their main main struggle was. If they try to do some weird stuff to make the communication harder on, on the Bengals offensive line or if they will blitz, I don't know. It's going to be something that they do need to get pressure. I think getting pressure is uh, going to be a, a big part of this game, and you're right, Maddie. Like, going to be really hard for Jamar Chase to catch a deep ball if, you know, Joe Burrow's laying on the ground. For sure, and I think that's the thing. Pressuring Joe Burrow matters, but to your point, it's hard to blitz the Bengals because Joe Burrow does process the game relatively yes. fast. If you're going to send pressure, he knows – not, I don't want to say that he's processing like Justin Herbert or even a Patrick Mahomes right now. He just knows where his one-on-one -on -one matchup is going to be, and he trusts his guy to win that because they do, and he puts the ball where it definitely needs to be put. So you can't just create pressure by blitzing because you will eventually end up Joshua Williams one-on-one -on -one with a Jamar Chase, and Chiefs fans got really mad when that happened in the Buffalo Bills game because that was the only way they were able to get pressure on Josh Allen. If that's the way this goes again, it's going to be a long night for the Chiefs defense. They have to be able to get pressure with four from time to time. They have to have mm -hmm. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, George Karloftis, Carlos Dunlap. They have to have these guys take over so they don't have to blitz. That way, when you do bring your blitzes, it gets home a little bit faster. Burrow's not looking for it pre-snap. They're not ready. They blitzed uh, Burrow relatively well last year. They couldn't bring him down. They got pressure on it, but then as the second half wore on, he's a little bit ready for it. They start calling some max protect plays, and now they just get one-on-ones while they have five, seven guys in blocking for him to work the ball down the field. That's how the Chiefs gave up the big third or fourth and long play in the AFC Championship game. So yep. these things matter. And so you got to be able to get pressure with four semi-consistently in this game, and the Chiefs should be able to against this offensive line. They just weren't able to last year. Matty, before I let you go, appreciate you joining me. Uh, oh, don't do it, Jimmy. Chiefs Bengals. I'm going to make you pick against the spread. This is what okay. I'm going to make you do. Uh, Chiefs favored by a point and a half on the road. Actually, first thoughts on that line. Thoughts on the point and a half in favor of the Chiefs. I mean, I think it should be. I think the Chiefs are playing like the best team in the NFL throughout the whole season right now. I think you very clean. You've seen them deal with adversity in terms of not playing their best. Teams putting out things that would work against them. You've seen them adapt. We've seen the Chiefs, when they are playing at their best, look nearly unstoppable. You know, first half of the Bucks game, bits and pieces of the 49ers game. Like, against other good teams, they look like the best team in football when things matter. They've also shown that they're not going to come out outside the Colts game, and they're not just going to lay down very often. They seem to have figured a lot out. So I get it. The Chiefs should be the favored team here. And I think one and a half is about right. Um, the Bengals won two close games against the Chiefs. Yeah, they were both on the road, so I can get it if you're a Bengals fan being a little upset here but the Bengals are not playing as good as the Chiefs are right now is are they a bad matchup for the Chiefs we're about to see but I mean I would take the Chiefs laying especially only one and a half give me the Chiefs to win this one by a field goal or maybe a tiny bit more but um I think the line's good and I, I'm taking the Chiefs laying the points before you run off to uh, your nearest uh, cell phone to place your bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, I uh, got a couple nuggets. Gonna drop some nuggets for you. Chiefs seven and one against the spread when favored. Um, obviously, the one loss being the Colts game. Uh, but I found this stat and I found it to be very interesting. Looking at uh, this game, 
the Kansas City Chiefs. See if I can get it to load down. The Kansas City Chiefs have covered the spread in five of their last six games in December. Eight of the Chiefs' last nine road games have gone over the total points on with that over underline set at 53. And hey, this is a good one too. Chiefs money line set at minus 130. The Chiefs have won seven of their last eight games. Can't argue with that stat right there. The Chiefs are on a roll. Um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna gonna be a great game. 325 in Cincinnati. Uh, Maddie, your favorite time slot, by the way. This is a good one. This is a good time slot. Um, I don't have to stay up until the you know wee hours of the morning to, to podcast afterwards and talk about the game and ride off the high or the low. And I get a full day beforehand. Gr- greatest time slot for any football game. Um, it, it, if it's Greg Olson doing it, I have no idea who's doing this game. I don't think mm-hmm. it's Greg Olson. I assume it's CBS. Um, yeah, so. But if it was Greg Olson, this would be perfect. I mean, this would this would be absolutely perfect. Um, but we'll take it. We'll take Tony Romo, I assume. Greg Olson, very good at his job. I believe Fox has the Super Bowl this year, so I think that they he's do. on the Super Bowl call. Yeah, big um, Greg on the Super Bowl. I really like Greg, and that's he's <laughs> he's become a, he's become a he's he's got some fans in KCSN. We'll say yeah. that. <laughs> I, I agree. He's the top guy. I'm glad they have the Super Bowl. It'll be fun when the Chiefs are there. Absolutely. One more step in that process. We'll be take. We'll be beating the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this weekend uh, in Cincinnati. That'll be a that'll be a a, a tough test. I, I can't couldn't tell you the last time the Chiefs were in Cincinnati. Maybe should have looked that up before. Um, but uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be a really great game. Really good time, Maddie. Thanks for joining me to kind of uh, give a preliminary preliminary breakdown of this game. If you wanted a more in depth breakdown, make sure to tune into the KC Live Laboratory tonight at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time or Listen, if you're listening to this not on Thursday, just go over to the podcast feed, listen to it, or you can rewatch it on the YouTube uh, video. That's the uh, glory of it. You can just rewatch it right here on YouTube. So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of KCSN Update. I'll be back next week on next Thursday. We're going to talk uh, divisional. We got another divisional game coming up. So excited for that. Haven't had a divisional game in a minute. So we'll see uh, what we got going on next week. Tomorrow, Trevor Sycamore will be on with PJ Kessel to give his three key matchups. So until then, we'll talk to you later.